Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Innovator Spotlight from TamilCulture.com. Ara and I are your hosts today, and today we have a very exciting guest, Prajith Balasubramanyam. So Prajith, a big warm welcome to you, and do you mind just telling our audience just a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, so I have um, was born and bred in Sri Lanka, lived overseas for about 20 odd years and then came back to Sri Lanka to look at opportunities here. I had my family business here and uh, um, went to school here, went to university in a uh, couple of countries in Canada as well. I lived in there. I lived in Canada as well. I went to high school there as well. And then my last 10 years uh, or probably 20 years ago, my last 10 years was in Australia and then came back here to Sri Lanka to look at uh, opportunities here. And today we run, um, I created the Angel, Angel Network here. Uh, called the Lankan Angel Network. It is the first and largest uh, angel network in Sri Lanka, which does seed funding for startups. And we also created the first venture capital out of Singapore for Sri Lankan entrepreneurs to grow. So in a nutshell, that's me. Awesome. Well, I know before we started this off, we, you know, we were chatting and you mentioned you lived in places like India, Canada, UK, and Australia. And, you know, um, obviously you left for certain reasons and you had friends that did the same as well, but you know, like you said, some returned and some didn't. Why did you specifically return to Sri Lanka? What brought you back? So one of the main reasons, so we, we were married uh, in Australia. That was about uh, in the late nineties. And one of the main reasons we came back was I think uh, also because my parents were here. So I wanted to make sure that I was there for them when it mattered the most. Uh, but also my dad had his business here. So we came back here to restructure and I think my wife was here for two years and uh, restructure the business and, and come back, you know, sell the business off and come back. And it's been 20 years since I'm still here. Right? So, uh, because like, as I said, you know, um, in the entrepreneurial journey and I was about 32 at that time. So for me, uh, it was, uh, I've always wanted to work for myself like my father, like my grandfather. And, you know, so having that entrepreneurial mindset, I didn't want to be in the corporate world. So I looked at opportunities here. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of, um, so where there is a lot, a lot of problems, there's opportunities as well. Right? So and I looked at that and I thought I could uh, solve something here. And then I decided to stay and explore. And that same time, my, today's, my current partner also moved to India uh, from the US. And, uh, we embarked on this journey uh, in angel investments and uh, venture capital. So never look back. Just speaking of opportunities, like, um, you know, you, you chose to like stay in Sri Lanka and kind of invest like in that region in general, but like there's a lot of startups in Sri Lanka. You said, you know, when there's problems, you see opportunities or that's how people should see it. I think Warren Buffett said the same thing. Um, when you look at Sri Lanka, you see a relatively small island with a small population compared to the neighbor in the north, which is India, which is, you know, they're popping out unicorns all the time. Um, yeah. What exactly, like, how would you quantify that opportunity? Like, what gets you excited about what you're seeing in the ground in Sri Lanka from like a tech startup point of view? So, um, so when, when I came back, as I said, we were exploring options. We looked at, uh, look, if you take our CIMA graduates, we produce some of the best CMA graduates in the world. You wonder how we are small in numbers, but we still. So per capita wise, I think we uh, produce some of the best uh, CMA graduates. We apparel sector took off with such small numbers. We produce some of the best brands in the world. 
right? So, uh, and then if you look at our team, I mean, you know, some such quality team. So if you take those examples, Cinnamon, if you take those examples, you, you see how, even though we're a small country, we are geared with a lot of resources here to export the world, right? It's just simply that we have not done it right. Uh, and we have not, uh, you know, exploited it in some way or the other, right? So, and then we, we stumbled upon this uh, tech graduates in Sri Lanka, right? Because uh, my partner at that time was uh, uh, MD of Google for the region. And he suddenly told me one day, you know, look, uh, there is a lot of, uh, Google has this uh, coding school called Google Summer Code. And so he said, you know, we have uh, uh, this university tops the list in the world for tech graduates coming in, into the coding school. And it just so happened to be more journalistic, right? So we started exploring that area and then suddenly realized uh, there were good coders, there were good uh, computer science graduates. I mean, for them to get into Google, there had to be some kind of quality. So we started exploring that option. And this was back in, like, I'm talking 15, 10, 10, 15 years ago, right? Uh, we started exploring that option and I said, look, we should probably look at uh, um, going to this. But just before that itself, we looked at the number of graduates that are coming out of universities. And, you know, we had about 65,000 unemployed in the country as of today, right? Uh, so we saw opportunity there also to see how we can, you know, take these graduates to the next level or actually um, empower them in some way. Uh, and so we decided to get into, and, and the other area was in, in Sri Lanka, basically the way I looked at it from our business perspective as well from my family companies, there was nobody to help a business. It was always, uh, you know, it's always distress buying, uh, sharks and dragons out there. There were no angels. So I saw this opportunity and I was telling my partner, there is, you know, a similar, this kind of opportunity in Sri Lanka. And then he also said the same thing in India and South Asia as well. So then we decided, okay, let's, let's get into this uh, business of angel investments and uh, seed capital. Right? And obviously we were talking about this in 2005, right? but then for Sri Lanka, it was not conducive because the war was still going on and we couldn't bring investments into uh, Sri Lanka. Um, for India, it was right. So in 2005, they started the Indian Angel Network and he was one of the people who helped create that in India. Uh, and then in 2009, post the war, we started uh, Blue Ocean Ventures, today known as BOV Capital. And the focus of uh, BOV Capital was uh, basically to ensure that we uh, created an ecosystem for startups to blossom, right? And, and the startups we looked at at that time was any company that's innovative uh, or technology oriented, you know, who was uh, creating some, uh, who was solving a problem for the frontier market, because we didn't only look at Sri Lanka. For us, he was sitting there, and today we have partners in the region, in Southeast Asia and South Asia, and we are always looking at solving a problem for the frontier market that can grow. Because we always knew from a scalability perspective, Sri Lanka is too small, right? But we have the talent in Sri Lanka. So the talent also, as I said, look, we don't have the numbers, but we have the quality. So we can't become a cognizance or a virtuosa it's a services uh, company, but we can become a MIT, MIT meaning Millennium Information Technology, which, which uh, created the, so Tony, who was here, created the, the fastest uh, exchange software in the world, right, today bought, run by, so this, this software that they developed here runs most of the stock exchanges, including LSE, and it's owned by LSE today, London Stock Exchange, right, 
So you see the kind of products we can build here. It's immense. I just gave you one example of that uh, software. Uh, and that was sold somewhere early, way before we started. So there were good examples of why we should invest in technology. There was companies like WSO2, which runs middleware for eBay. There were companies like uh, Care Clubs from Canada, you know, who bought into a company called Leapset here, which is in the restaurant management uh, or restaurant uh, apps and, uh, you know, the hotel bookings. So we have, we have a lot of companies here. Again, I'm talking per capita. You can't compare us with India because India is 1.2 billion people. We have 32 million people, right? So it's, it's chalk and cheese. You can't compare. And we won't even compete with a country like India because you can't. Because, you know, when you go into India, you have to just, when you wake up, you are competing to be there. Whereas here, there's enough room. So more, I suppose, we have an island mentality in one sense. So we also fall back in that sense. That's our weakness. But we also try to take shortcuts because we're always thinking how to work smarter and how to do things better. So in that sense, we look at shortcuts. And we, in that process, we start innovating. And that's what I saw in Sri Lanka when I uh, explored. When we explored, and that's something I saw in Sri Lanka and decided, let's invest in these guys. What they didn't have was the exposure, exposure to go out because there was not enough uh, funding coming into Sri Lanka. So, so we embarked on that journey. And then uh, at that time, we um, started exploring not just in Colombo, but regionally. And then we realized, okay, we can start in Colombo because the exposure was greater in Colombo. There was more people who had gone out and come back. So it was easier to export. Uh, but today we have 10 years down the line, we have, a, we have created, uh, in our journey, we have created uh, hubs, uh, whether it's in uh, Jaffna, whether it's in Kandy, whether it's down south. You know, in Jaffna, we work with a community called Yal Geek Challenge, Yal IT, right? the Chayanka 19. In Hikaro, we have this uh, Hika Hack, which is uh, hacking on the beach. In Candy, we, work, we worked uh, previously with the American Center to do stuff with HSBC and people there. So we look at uh, different uh, areas of the country to bring the talent together, like our 1996 uh, World Cup winning team, you know, how we brought the talent together to win the World Cup. Right? So, and that's exactly the concept behind it. So looking at talent and looking at how to reduce the unemployment in some way and uh, take this forward. That's amazing. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the types of startups that pique your interest? So uh, we look at, obviously it has to be in line with the frontier markets. We look at, so in terms of solving a problem also, it has to be in line with the country's problems. So, so from that perspective, we look at, you know, uh, the health sector, the education sector, uh, agri-sector. So just to name a few, um, and in my book, we've got uh, analysis of all the companies we looked at, over 1,000 startups, and if you look at the, uh, the percentages of startups in terms of industry that we looked at, these would top the list for us, right? Because, because there is a pain point. But it's, um, um, so today, we have been, just to give you an example, we've invested in a company called Doc990. Doc990 is basically doc channeling, consulting, power, labs, the works right at your doorstep, and that's a that's a problem. That's a massive problem we uh, solved because back in the days, if somebody in either Hamantar or Jaffna wanted to come into Colombo or wanted to see a doctor, it would be a pilgrimage for about twenty four hours. Today they can lift the phone, channel a doctor, call, 
get the first two appointments done through a consultation, virtual consultation. And then they only come in if they, it's required, right? So we, from a timing perspective, from a convenience perspective, we've solved all, of the, all those issues for us. Now, if I was sitting in, the, if I was sitting in uh, Canada or the US, these problems would not be there because it's already solved, right? But in the frontier markets, it's still there. And that's what creates the opportunity also for people like us to come in and uh, look at how we can develop these uh, markets, right? Same for India, same for Pakistan, Bangladesh, and some parts of Southeast Asia, like Indonesia, Malaysia. You know, so our, our fund here is uh, through ASEAN and Malaysia, even though our first fund is out of Singapore and second fund is out of Sri Lanka. And we have Singapore and Malaysia basically helping us in terms of uh, taking this out. Because their focus also has been pretty much Southeast Asia and South Asia. And of course, beyond that, obviously, it's um, sometimes beyond our uh, comfort zone because, um, you know, always look at, I mean, if I was to invest in the U.S., it'd be much harder for me because of the location where I am, right? So where I am in the location, I've got like, what, uh, 7 trillion of GDP around me within a five-hour flying time, right? So, uh, and let me try and solve that problem for the 7 trillion before I can expand and go beyond because for me, It'll cost less money to sort that out. And in terms of numbers itself, we've got over like, 4 billion people here, like between China, India, and uh, Indonesia, and a few countries. We have over 4 billion people, right? So that's half the world's population. So why should I have to travel beyond this to, you know, so when there's a problem here and when I can solve it here? It makes sense, right? So and I, my, my, my thought process has always been um, from a startup perspective. And you know, thanks to my partner also who came back here, has been uh, immense support. And we, we work very closely with the Indian Angel Network, uh, the Bangladesh Angels. Uh, so we are networked today very well uh, because of the because of the relationship we had over the years. No, and that has actually helped. That has actually helped. It's um, I think before I heard it, I guess after I found it about you, I didn't really realize the impact you kind of had on the startup ecosystem in Sri Lanka, but when you look at it over the last decade or so, you built this trifecta of like organizations. So the capital through BOV Capital, uh, Lincoln Angel Network, and then uh, Venture Engine, I think, which you started uh, a little bit later. And, you know, I think obviously all those three components are quite important to kind of building this long-term momentum uh, of startups in Sri Lanka. But can you tell us like why you started? I mean, I, I know some of it's self-evident, but like how those pieces fit together uh, sure. towards this grand vision you're kind of building. So uh, have you heard of this thing called the startup funding cycle? Uh, maybe break it down. I, I didn't hear of this before 2005 either. Right? So okay. for me, it was all Greek. Right? Yeah. Because I, I came from a different background. Okay, I knew my business. But startups was a new breed. Right? So for me, it was a learning curve as well. Right? Uh, so there's this thing called the fu startup funding cycle. So you have, uh, you, you have the X and Y. You have a graph that goes to that and goes up, right? So this area is called the value of death, which is the negative side. And that's where all the, they call it the family, friends, and fools who invest initially, right? And because the risk is so high, and then you have the angel investors investing. Then you have the venture capitals, private equity, and the mezzanine zone where the banks and all come in, right? So, so this area called the value of death never existed in Sri Lanka. And so, so when I was exploring options, I was also researching in terms of how we should go about creating an ecosystem because uh, this ecosystem never existed here. 
it was quite mature in Silicon Valley and the US, right? But it was mature in a lot of countries. But in this part of the world, even Singapore didn't have it. India was just starting it, right? This is back in 2005. So when we were researching through this, we, when we created BOV, the, the goal of BOV Capital or Blue Ocean Ventures, formerly known as Blue Ocean Ventures, uh, was basically look at how we can bring uh, the ecosystem together. So to bring the ecosystem together or build the ecosystem, to build the ecosystem, basically you need the family, friends and pools, you need angel investments, and then you need venture capitals. And then you needed entrepreneurs on the other side. So investors on one side, entrepreneurs on the other side. And the entrepreneurs were the innovative guys who were, I mean, there are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. So there are SMEs and there are startups. So SMEs to me mostly are like the companies that have been there all, all along, low hanging fruit, selling apples to somebody or you know something like that. Whereas a startup would take the apple, make it into a juice, make it very innovative, you know, do something very different with that. Right. So that's the simple example. I'll give the difference in terms of the difference between a an SME and a startup. So, so what we wanted to do was encourage entrepreneurs to think differently, think innovatively, use technology, and apply to us. So we didn't have any of these available to us at that time. Uh, even the entrepreneurs we looked at, I mean, we had a few companies, as I said, you know, the MITs, the WSO2s, who had done something and moved on. So we were trying to see how we could uh, create the awareness. Right. And then came, you know, so at the first two years, 2009, 2010, when we were exploring, you know, we were a bit stuck because we, we had a little bit of money with Blue Ocean. My partner and I put a little bit of money and we thought, okay, there are a few friends who came in and put a little bit of money. And we were waiting with a kind of like, we had the money, but it was like our begging bowl waiting to give money and nobody wanted it because they were all wondering why, why would you want, you know, why would you want to invest in our business? And that was the mindset. And then I had to sit and explain to them, look, you know what, we can help you grow. I mean, and their mindset was, no, you're going to take over my business and kill me. Mm. And that was how it was before 2009, right? With the ecosystem, the mindset of entrepreneurs was exactly that. And I, I suppose that was similar to what was in South Asia also. So then Indian Angel Network had done a similar program, like Venture And they came and partnered us and said, why don't we run a platform and invite entrepreneurs saying these are the kind of investors and you know make it make it very um, an island wide thing where you invite people and then give the criteria as to what kind of entrepreneurs we are looking for. So Venture Engine was created in 2012, and it's 10 years since. Um, and the first year we said, you know, this is an investment platform. This is for entrepreneurs and investors come in and do it. And we um, invited entrepreneurs coming. We had about uh, we had about sixty applications, fifty applications, right? And the first e-commerce company came out of that called Takas. Then we had a few other companies that uh, there was Tracurious, there was uh, in the in the fashion design brand, there was uh, some fashion retail companies. Uh, so we had some hotels. So we had a mixed bunch of companies that came in, right? Sarai Village was uh, Treetop Majjale Hotel, which we invested in. Uh, so uh, we had a mixed bunch of companies come through. And even today, we look at a mixed bunch as long as they're innovating and uh, bringing in some kind of technology. So that was the birth of Venture Engine. And to me, that was probably the birth of the ecosystem also in some way. And when the A Indian Angels went back, I thought to myself, we had to have our own angel network in Sri Lanka. And in 2012, I went and created the 
Lankan Angel Network. Basically, invited all my friends, probably some were sharks, had to baptize them as angels and say, you know, you can't do this and this and this. You have to be very, you have to be, you have to sign this form, declaration saying that you will not be a shark going forward. You will always be an angel and help mentor and not take over 50% of a company. You know, so we had these rules that we put together. And, you know, I had a good bunch of people that I was talking to you about, you know, knowing people, the network you have, the credibility you have. That's what I was able to leverage on when I came back to Sri Lanka. So the credibility I had with people, because of my generational background, because of my, the legacy that was left behind, I think the biggest legacy that was left behind for me was the credibility. So I was able to go and talk to people and say, hey, listen, I want to do this. Come and help me. And I had the best of guys who came and helped me. Right? And at that time, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was we had the, legal, the top legal firm that came in with Arita. Then we had uh, Asiata, which uh, my, you know, Dr. Hans, People like Padma Jab from the Indian Angel Network, Expo Lankahani. So there, there were people who collectively came and said, let's help. Yeah, we see a good cause in this. Let's do this, right? And then we created the Angel Network. And today we have over 100 angels in, in, in the network. And they are also helping with funding and co-funding. We have a fund as well through that. And that was the beginning of the seed part of it. There are a lot of family and friends who also keep putting in. Then we created the seed part, and then, then we came to another stumbling block where we had to get Series A funding. So we had the seed funding, Series A. So my partner and I decided to go and uh, again start exploring options in terms of where should we create the fund, the venture capital fund, should it be in Sri Lanka, should it be in Singapore. And at that time, uh, we didn't see it very conducive to have it in Sri Lanka because of the crisis that were there. Like, I mean, simply put, the conduciveness wasn't there, right? So we created the fund in uh, Singapore, right? But all the money was for Sri Lanka because uh, also the investors are also a little bit more, I suppose, um, more happier to put the money into Singapore than bring it to Sri Lanka in one sense at that time. So we created and we showed them, we basically showed the path in terms of how we're going to invest in Sri Lankan technology companies, Sri Lankan innovation. And we really showed them in terms of the talent we had here. And we raised about $6 million, $7 million there and put all their money. Second fund was created here with Asia to Malaysia and dialogue coming in and uh, putting. That was another $5, 6000000 million, right? Uh, today, we're extending the fund further. So eventually, our portfolio will be around, by the end of this year, it'll be about $20 million. Very small, but enough to create the startup ecosystem for a small country. Right, so and that's what we look at. Right, so I mean, going forward tomorrow, we probably need a 40 50 million dollar fund, and that's something we're working towards. So, for us, we are in this game. I know we've been here to 10 years, but we are in it for the next for a lifetime, right? So, because this is a journey that we are looking in terms of creating an ecosystem, not just a startup. So, along the way, the startups will be built, and that's what we're looking at. And, and uh, we are working collectively with everybody, right? So, we, we make it very inclusive to make sure. Uh, we work with ICTA, the Information Communication Technology Agency, which is part of the government. We work with all the ecosystem players, the accelerators, the incubators, you know, and helping them create that. And most importantly, the investors and entrepreneurs. I think that's the key because without entrepreneurs coming in, without the deal flows coming in, you don't have anything else. No point in talking about anything else, right? So it's very important that we have that journey with the entrepreneurs. And we have created the alumni for Venture Engine that we have got about... Um, 
about 30 odd uh, alumni in the venture engine uh, group. Uh, the BOV capital, we've got another 12 companies. So like that we're creating the alumni too, because these guys become our brand ambassadors and they are the ones who will talk about the programs and encourage other entrepreneurs to go forward. Yeah, I think um, I've gone a bit on the side, but uh, yeah, I just stopped there. Okay, okay. so um, you mentioned the startup scene initially, entrepreneurs were mistrusting of you and maybe other venture capitalist firms. So can you tell us a little bit about how that's changed um, in your experience and you know any other noticeable differences in the startup ecosystem? So, okay, so uh, uh, just a correction there, there's no other venture capital company in Sri Lanka today. Oh, okay. They are the only VC. And okay, they great, are based out of Singapore and here, right? So when I say there's no VCs in Sri Lanka, there are people who stand to differ, but I challenge them and say, have you invested in, how many startups have you invested in? That mm -hmm. like people call themselves VCs and go and invest in the private equity space. That's very different. That's more mature. In this space, the one million, one and a half million ticket size with high risk, there's not many people who invest. There, there may be people who invest in one or two companies, but if you take my entire portfolio, that's all we have. Mm -hmm. We invest totally in the uh, venture capital space, right? So to me, it's important that uh, more VCs come in and for them to come in, uh, we need to have the conduciveness from a country's perspective because there are still structurally, there are some issues that we are working towards uh, with, with the government to see if they can be very conducive in terms of structures for venture capital to come in and take forward. I mean, we've seen this happening in Singapore, over the last five years, we've seen this happening in uh, the state of Gujarat in India, where they made it more conducive. So I'm sure it'll happen here as well. Uh, I mean, government is very focused on ICTA growth. I mean, today we are doing about a billion, but I think the target is to get to about 3 million exports because our exports have declined and we need to look at that. And this is one of the areas that they look at. Uh, sorry, just to ask you, your second question was, so one was, we, sorry, what was your question again? Just repeat that. My question was, in your experience, how has the startup ecosystem changed in terms of attitudes and um, just okay. like yeah. your general about opinion about that? Change, right? In terms of uh, the initial. So as I said, initially, um, when uh, so I was talking about how people were looking at me like, you know, what's wrong with this guy? Why, why does he mm -hmm. want to take, take on my business, right? Mm -hmm. So how we changed that mindset was, as I said, we created our brand ambassadors with the first uh, way changing program. We prove to them that we don't take, we don't run your company. We help you grow and move. So with the first one, they saw the entrepreneurs started speaking. So our second program, we had the entrepreneurs come and uh, talk to the uh, talk to other entrepreneurs and tell them, listen, these guys are really uh, not going to take your companies and go. They're going to help you grow. And that message was uh, sent around the country. So it's called creating awareness, right? And and so when we when we did this, there were Four, four or five things that we did. One, I said, was looking at the investor side. Second was looking at the entrepreneur side. Third was looking at changing the mindset. Fourth was creating the awareness out there through the various programs that are out there. And the fifth was ensuring there was foreign funding and ensuring we could take them outside Sri Lanka to explore new markets. So that strategy has always been there from day one for us. So we worked towards that for the last 10 years. If you ask me, did this happen by accident? I said, no. We stumbled upon it because we saw some good uh, talent here because we saw a pain point. Then we planned for it. Then we planned for it in 2009. It took us two years to set the program up. But uh, 
And the journey has been long. So as I said you know, earlier, it's a, it's a long test match, but in between we have our 20 over matches and the 50 over matches, which you know, gives a little bit of highs and lows, but it's a long journey. And, um, and we are in it uh, for the next 10 years, 20 years to ensure that the journey goes, uh, as I said, you can't just build an ecosystem or a startup overnight. Right. A startup takes 10 years, an ecosystem might take 25 years right, to flourish. Right? Some countries do it faster than others. Like example, Singapore did it much faster. But there, they had a lot of help from the government plus the private sector, and they worked in, uh, they worked in unison to get this going. And today, the best of startups are going to Singapore because there is enough funding for them there. And the regional markets, they're helping. Like if you take Enterprise Singapore, and Singapore Business Federation, their job is to ensure that startups come in and go up, right? Exploring, right? And I know this because I'm part of the Sri Lanka Singapore Business Council. I'm the president of that council. And we uh, do a lot of, so that's part of the Chamber of Commerce and we do a lot of bilateral trade between the two countries. Today, Singapore is only looking at uh, bilateral trade with startups, innovation and entrepreneurship. And that's it. And they're also very focused on the industries they want to do. And I think we will also get there from a Sri Lankan perspective. But I think um, from, a, from a funding perspective, we are still lacking a lot of funding coming to Sri Lanka. And that's unfortunate due to, you know, with COVID and stuff that are hitting, we went through a lot of negative cycles. And we're still in the startup mode. We haven't, we haven't started accelerating yet. Even though it's been a 10-year journey, I think we could have maybe tripled in terms of where the ecosystem is today. And we haven't gone there yet. And I think, you know, if you make it more conducive, we'll get there. And that's so kind of a, no, sorry, I was going to say that's kind of a good segue because um, you touched on this earlier and this is kind of a good way to kind of, you know, as we get to the end of the discussion, which I think is looking forward in Sri Lanka, which is, um, you kind of hinted at this, but you didn't really say it, but there's a lot of talk about, you know, the various challenges that are happening in Sri Lanka. So one of them is the economic difficulties and Obviously, you're more closer to the ground than we are, but you know, from a perception point of view, number one is getting funding, especially if you're going to get it externally. Like maybe if it's uh, Sri Lankan investors, maybe it's a bit different. But if you're looking to get more money to the ecosystem, perception of the environment that's conducive to creating startups is important. Um, so, number one, how do you handle that perception problem? And number two is, like you said, entrepreneurs are an important ingredient in creating this you know um cycle so how do you foresee you know these circumstances maybe impacting talent potentially leaving from Sri, Sri Lanka to like other places like Australia Canada the U.S. like that brain drain so maybe touch on touch on that for like future in terms of looking into the future okay so uh, um let me touch on the latter first the brain drain and then go towards the, um, in terms of the issues that uh, we face as a startup ecosystem, maybe in a, in a non-political non way, let me put it that way, right? So, yes. so brain, 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 I don't think it's ever stopped since independence. We've always said, I mean, look at the best accountants out there, look at the best doctors out there. If we, if we, if, again, I'm talking per capita, right? We have some of the best uh, professionals who are working out there and who are making money out there and doing whatever. And that has never stopped. And, and that's probably because people are looking for different pastures and you know whatever. And there's no problem with that. But having said that, I also told you that we have uh, huge, uh, like about 65,000 unemployment, that unemployed graduates in the country. Right? So what do we do with them? 
right? So the government also has a problem, you know, in their hands, right? In terms of we are talking about, you know, having uh, good employment rates, but that's because most of these guys are going getting government jobs, right? But then that's not solving the problem. Right? So in in my opinion, it's it's also good for them to go out and explore. Look, I went out. That wasn't brain. That wasn't brain brain. But then I came back with a lot more exposure, right? Similarly, there are people who come back with a lot more exposure, right? And uh, and I think um, there are lots of people who are also coming to Sri Lanka. Like in, when I say lots, considerably speaking, we have some big investors looking at Sri Lanka. And as I said, look, there's always opportunities when there's problems, right? Yes, we have problems, but that's creating more opportunities. So then you try and work towards that. So look. People, I have had many arguments with various people here and overseas saying, you know, you're, you're, you're just being very um, uh, ignorant of the problems. I said, I'm not being ignorant of the problems. I'm just being very positive about it, right? If I start being negative about it, I'll be procrastinating and reacting to the whole thing. So I'd rather be positive about it and look what I can do positively. And I told you, any country I go to, I only look at the positives. I don't look at the. I mean, every country has its faults. I mean, I'm sure in some in big, some in smaller ways, right? But if you start focusing on that, your life also becomes negative in some way or other. So you'd rather focus on, not cry about the spilt milk, but try to save the rest of the milk and move forward. Right? And that's always been my attitude in, in business in the business world. That's always that's how it's always been. I mean, today we have problems with uh, fuel, we have problems with electricity, we have problems with a lot of things. The reserves, I mean, all those are there. But, you know, look, so who said life is going to be easy? Right? Even in the marriage, you have problems. Are you going to get up and leave? Right? Are you going to get divorced? Are you gonna, I mean, this is, the, this, is, this is the problem. I mean, we talk about being resilient also as a resilient country. Right? And some people say, how long can we be resilient for? So I said, once you get married, Right, in that relationship, how long will you be resilient for? Are you going to move? I mean, sometimes yes, it might be better to move because that might be the best solution. Mm -hmm. But if you can stay with you, save it. So to me, it's like that. I mean, you can say I'm married to Sri Lanka today, right? But the day I get affected personally, I and if the shoe doesn't fit, I may decide to move. But for the moment, I think I see the shoe is fitting, and I can make it a bigger shoe. And I can also make a lot of other people wear the shoe. So in that in that respect, I'm still here because I feel that. And I, I strongly feel that. And look, I've, I mean, I came here during the war years. So for me, I've seen worse than what it is today. Yes, economically, we've gone backwards. And unfortunately, COVID has, uh, in a big way, it's, uh, you know, affected the country. I mean, I've seen like the last two years, how it's affected my own kids, being at home, not being able to go to school, uh, and these Zoom classes don't work properly. But I think it's accelerated the entire process in terms of, uh, in terms of um, you know, uh, getting on the internet, right? So before, before you wouldn't see a doctor getting on the net to do a consultation. Today you see, because there is no option, right? The doctors can't go to the hospital, so they, they need their revenue as well. So they're forced to do it. So mindset change is happening faster. So COVID has also helped that, right? So I think it's all about the mindset and change of mindset and then how you look at it, the perspective you look at it and uh, move on with it, right? Um, have I answered my question? No, that was great. Yeah, no, that was, I, I like the marriage analogy. I think that, yeah. I think that uh, definitely hits, hits the nail. So I, I can see that you thought Don't about give up. Don't give up just because you have problems, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just called it, 
I had to make it big. I mean, it's it's not about startups, right? I see with startups, it happens all the time. And to me, I tell them, look, guys, you know, you're married to a startup. You're, this is your life, right? Just make it happen. Like my my when my my when my father, I I've seen this through my own father, right? When he started his business, he put all his money into it, and my mother was screaming, saying, you know, you're putting all your money into it. He said, you know, this is my passion. I'm going to survive, and I'm going to do stuff. Fortunately, he did. But this, he he worked with a lot of passion. So to me, I saw that, and I don't give up that easy. So I always, uh, you know, strive for the better and try to make mountains move. Having said that, look, today I may not have electricity for four hours in the house. If this call might get cut off because there's no electricity, right? <laughs> so we may have to end this call abruptly. But those are problems we face, and and to me that's okay. We will make it happen in some other way. Look, I may go out to the beach or somewhere and just hang out there and you know, come back. So there are there are. So you can look at it both ways. You can look at negative thing, oh shit, what am I going to do? Uh, and that will affect my whole family if I do that, if I react to it. So rather I'll say, kids, come, let's go somewhere, you know, have some lunch somewhere, you know, spend an hour and make it a bit more uh, positive experience. If you start doing that, irrespective of which country you live in, you'll always do that. Then you will start seeing uh, the problems as a positive thing wherever you are. It's just not Sri Lanka, it's just anywhere in the world, right? So. I mean, you know, a lot of Russians are coming here today. Uh, hopefully, they're bringing a lot of money in, right, because of the issues there. But, you know, so, uh, I mean, the world has its own problems and we need to live in it, unfortunately. So, yeah. No, no, for sure. No, and, you know, I think that's kind of a good way to kind of end off the discussion. I think the theme, the running theme, I guess, from the beginning of the conversation has been problems or solutions. And you seem to be someone that's positive and solution oriented. Uh, you know, you've done amazing things for the last. 10 plus years in Sri Lanka. So we look forward to, you know, keeping an eye on the amazing work you're doing with kind of the, the three-headed, you know, monster you've kind of created with Capital Network and uh, the, uh, the Venture Engine. So, uh, Prajit, thank you again for, you know, making time and sharing your insights. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you, you know, like you said, um, there might be that, you know, that next startup or an idea that might oh, come out of this do. conversation. What's the best way for uh, someone to reach out to you? Email, or they can WhatsApp me on my number. You have a number. They can WhatsApp me or email me. Either way is okay. So Perfect. email sometimes goes into junk. So maybe WhatsApp might be better. So yeah, they can just WhatsApp me and just message me and say, hey, ping me and, uh, and we can have a chat after that. That's fine. Yeah. Awesome. And so we are awesome. always encouraging for startups because, so I want to leave it at this note also. It's a good test market, right? Because they always say, you know, it's all about product market fit, right? So uh, to do a product market, before you scale, you do a product market fit. So Sri Lanka is small, so it's a good place for product market fit. So this is the opportunity if you want to test something out, come here, test it. If it works, then you can go to the region. Then you can start scaling. So you, you heard that, folks. Uh, Prajit will write you a check if you can if you can uh, if you come to Sri Lanka. You heard it here first. Uh, thank you again uh, for making time, and on behalf of the Tamilculture.com team and the Tamil Innovator, Innovator Spotlight. Um, you know, um, look forward to staying connected. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so Thanks. much, Prajeet. Thanks for having me. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Take care. Bye.